Welcome to another show, another great episode. We have Larry Finer, the finer things in life with us. Hey Larry, tell us a little bit about yourself and who you're serving. Uh, well, I'm uh, originally from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, born and raised there. Uh, love hockey. That's one of, one of the passions of my life. Uh, moved here in 1999 to become a realtor. Okay. This is a, kind of a fun story. Actually, my great aunt and uncle owned a Century 21 office back then. And they spent a decade recruiting me. And finally in 99, uh, I said, okay, I'll be there in two weeks. And I did. And I came here and I got my license. And uh, my wife followed shortly after that. And it was the best decision I ever made. Uh, business was good right off the bat. Uh, we started a family. And uh, so far, it's been living, living happily ever after. That's awesome. So were you guys married at the time you came out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We were married in 93. Uh, and 99 is when we, well, I got here in 99. My wife got here in 2000. And because uh, she, I had a house to sell in St. Louis. Okay, okay. But I wasn't a realtor. I had to go through the process <laughs> of interviewing real, you know how it is. Yes, yes. And um, yeah, no, so we just, uh, we're about to celebrate our 28th anniversary. Congratulations, man. Yeah, That's cool. Thanks. It's such a rare thing to hear anybody doing anything that long anymore. So <laughs> it really is a congratulations. So cool. Um, so tell me a little bit about um, who you serve in the industry. What, what do your clients look like and who are they? So it, it kind of has to do with the, the way I started my business. Um, when, when I moved here to become a realtor, um, all I knew was my extended family here. And they were all realtors. <laughs> so I, you know, my first day in the office, I, my mentor uh, said, so you've got your license now, what are you gonna do? I said, well, I don't know, what should I do? He says, well, first call everyone you know and tell them you're a realtor. I'm like, everyone I know is a realtor. What are you talking about? He says, well, there's only one thing left for you to do. You need to cold call. So I did. I cold called FISBOs and expireds. And I was good at it. Uh, and I um, seemed to have the most success in, you know, your average typical middle class home, kind of like what I was raised in and what, where I live now. Uh, and um, those people became my past clients. Uh, and, and my current sphere of influence. Uh, and so that's still, 22 years later, that's still who I'm serving the most of is uh, kind of your run-of-the-mill, not upper, you know, middle-class folks. Salt of the earth, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks. So coming, coming out of Missouri, um, what was childhood like? What was it like there? You know, the first time I saw Missouri was actually me coming from Salt Lake City. So when I fly, flew in, I was like, man, I see green again. It's nice and green and lush. What was it like for you? Well, the cool part is, is that you actually landed because most people just fly <laughs> over. They don't call it flyover country for nothing. Um, no, St. Louis, it's all I know, really, other than my time here. Um, it was, yeah, very green, very hot and humid in the summer. In the cold, it was very cold. Uh, some snow, lots of ice. Uh, and then there was those two weeks in the spring and the two weeks in the fall that <laughs> were awesome. Um, yeah, it, other than that, it, it was um, your basic normal childhood. Uh, in St. Louis, I, though, I think uh, if you're born there, you, you get injected with this something about the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team. <laughs> I'm, still a, I'm still a Cardinals fan, uh, more so a Blues fan because hockey is my real sports passion. Um, so yeah, sports is a big deal there. And um, yeah, family, work. 
Just everyday things, right? Yeah. Everyday things. Yeah. So I remember the first time I walked in your office and you clearly can see that you're, you definitely love hockey. Um, where did that come from? Where's that passion coming from? So, wow, this is going way back. Uh, I don't know how many of you remember 1975, but I do. <laughs> uh, and so I was six years old and uh, um, there was a 14-year-old boy that lived across the street. And to, to a six-year-old, a 14-year-old boy is like a god, right? Well, he was a hockey player. And every now and then, um, you know, he let me play hockey on his driveway with him. And I wanted to play hockey. So mom and dad got me into skating lessons. They didn't let me play hockey right away, though. I had to be a good skater first. So my sister and I both took figure skating lessons. <laughs> um, and it turned out to be the smartest thing ever because the, my, from the first time I stepped on the ice, I was one of the best skaters and therefore, for a six-year-old, one of the best hockey players in, in town. Uh, and just the passion grew out of that. I, I still play today. I've been playing for 46 six years. Wow, so are you still skating? I still play, yeah. I play at uh, AZ Ice in Peoria every week. Wow, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I can't stop, I, don't, I mean, I can stop on a dime, but I can't stop playing hockey. <laughs> uh, I, heard, I caught that, I, <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> well, so tell me um, about your day-to-day your -day business. Um, I, you know, we think about real estate agents and you know, they're having fun and things like that. Um, what, what's your day-to-day -day look like when you're running your business? What, what well, does that look like? Gosh, you? you wear so many different hats. Um, and r not long ago, th about three years ago, I guess, um, I hired a company to handle a lot, most of my marketing. So I don't even do much of that anymore. Um, and the marketing is geared directly towards my sphere of influence and past clients. Um, and so frankly, it, it, it's not thousands of people, it's hundreds. Um, but it's heavy marketing uh, with multiple touches a week um, with postcards. I'm sorry, well, sometimes multiple touches a week, uh, but definitely per month with postcards and with email campaigns and with HomeBot and uh, just some really neat, innovative t um, ways to touch your clients. Uh, and I started that with the mindset of, uh, I started seeing too many past clients sell their house with other agents. And I had to make that stop or at least slow down. Right. Uh, so I hired this company out of California called uh, Fusion Growth Partners. Okay. And they've been fantastic. And it's rare for me to find a past client now sell a house with another. It, it's going to happen next week. But it's rare for it to happen anymore. And, and I'm really happy about that. And that's let me really focus on the other aspects of the business that are just as important. Um, it's, you know, the, the managing the people, it's the accounting, it's the uh, managing of the current clients uh, that are either in the car or have a sign in their yard. Um, I, that's the part that I enjoy working on the most, of course. The other things have to get done. Right. Uh, and so it's, it's all day, every day. All right. It's, yeah, it's the hats, right? The multiple mm -hmm. hats. Um, right now, the, I guess the market that you're in, what are you finding that is, I guess, your most difficult situation that you're dealing with right now? So um, representing buyers in a market like this is, without a doubt, the um, hardest thing. I mean, I went through it in 2006. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if, if you can imagine, it's worse now than it was then. Um, you know, everybody wants to buy a house, but no one wants to sell a house. It is, it, it's, it can be frustrating. Um, so representing buyers, dealing with 
you know, 30 offers on per listing and over asking price and waiving appraisals and escalation clauses. And uh, I'm starting to, you know, put those tools to good use, but even that doesn't cinch the deal. So, you know, it, that, that's a lot of work and uh, it's wow. tough. So, you know, I, I always think about, I guess I have to come from this way because I, I came up in the industry in lending. So I'll, I have that hat on most of the time when I'm thinking and speaking. Um, the, the appraisal and, and waiving that, you know, it's a, it's, it's can be tricky. How do you deal with that conversation? What does that look like for you well, and your clients? Um, I have a client right now who actually brought it up to me because, um, you know, I was telling, giving him the status reports on the, on the deals that he didn't get. Uh, and I was telling him, well, this one went 30,000 over and you only went 15 over. And this one had an escalation clause. And so, um, you know, I, I want to suggest that to my clients. Um, but some of the clients have to come up with it on their own. Sometimes it needs to be their idea and not mine. Uh, so in this case, it, um, it, this was today. Uh, we got the good news that he, we got it under contract, um, and it was his idea. He, what about waiving, you know, put a limit on it, Larry. Let's waive uh, the appraisal contingency. Uh, and I came up with some good language, ran it by the brokers, uh, and boom, we've, we've got him in escrow. So, Congratulations, yeah, right? Yeah. 30, 30. I'm hearing that from a lot of buyer's agents right now, that that's really the big deal. Not enough, not enough inventory. Well, and so there's tons of buyers out there just don't have deep enough pockets right. to be able to say, yeah, if the appraisal comes in twenty thousand low, I still want to buy it, right. because they'd have to come up with twenty thousand dollars as part of their down payment in order to still get the loan that they're applying for. So for some people are just out of luck, unfortunately. But uh, those that are uh, well healed enough to do it, you know that. The, the, you know, sometimes it has to be their idea, <laughs> right? right. Uh, because you don't get that well healed without being a little cheap anyway, right? Yes, this is true. This yeah, is true. So. Well, what do your um, non-realtor relatives think of you, and and are there any misconceptions they have about what? <laughs> oh you my do? God! <laughs> oh yeah. So uh, I'm the guy that only works thirty hours a week, <laughs> okay. um, but makes three million dollars a year. <laughs> so those are the major misconceptions. Um, uh, th there is a certain amount of flex of, of freedom that you have um, being your own boss. Um, you know, I, I do, tr you know, tr not lately. I do travel a lot uh, and I don't have to ask permission and I don't have to um, uh, put in for vacation. So when, when people see me travel, they, they see, oh my gosh, he's got the life. It's so good. And, and I'm not complaining, but... Uh, a major misconception is that he barely works, he makes a ton of money, and he travels every other weekend. And none of that's true. <laughs> uh, that's funny. I know there's agents that do that, but they're typically not making any money. It, it, you have to be working, right? Well, Just, I, right? that's, I guess, probably the St. Louis thing, too. I have, I have to work. Right. Um, I'm just as, uh, I, I'm not happy if I'm not working. If I don't have anything to do, I'm pulling my hair out, and I'm thinking, I need to get to work. So that's, that's interesting. I, I, I can appreciate that. Um, I, I think that's kind of a, a dying, a dying thing there. So, so tell me about you say maybe it's just in you. Um, did you see your family growing up doing that? That's just what it was or what was that like? So my dad uh, was, um, he worked for 
well, from the age of 15 to about 60 for the same company. Wow. Ne never changed wow. company. Started off in a shoe store. Um, became an, they, they put him through college. He became an accountant, and he stayed with the company until uh, he retired. Um, and he did. He worked his tail off um, for every single one of those years. So seeing him do that um, was a great role model for me. And um, uh, I think I'm just as happy in my work as he was in his, for sure. That's all we can ask for, right? Cool. I pre thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Um, just thinking about, you know, again, going back to the, to the business side of things and you know, dealing with your, your customers and clients and having, having to wear all the hats. Um, what, what do you do to, to deal with that, like stress-wise? How do you balance? How do you balance? Make it's easy. Scotch. <laughs> I, I figured you were going to say that. <laughs> well, sometimes bourbon. Uh, I don't drink beer anymore because that just goes right to your gut. Um, no, it, it, if you enjoy it, then maybe you thrive on the stress a little bit too. Um, so I, I don't feel like stress is necessarily a bad thing. It can be a good, positive, motivating uh, factor as well. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Um, you're the second person I've heard say that today, so good. Cool. That's a, it's great. It really is. It's, it's just how you take things, right? How you perceive things. Um, so when, when you're uh, moving forward with uh, the contract, you're ready to, to get these people closed out, um, what, what does it look like when you're, you're wrapped up on the, on the back end? How do you continue to keep in, in touch with your, your people? Um, like not when you put them in the, the uh, marketing tool, but like this the 30 days or so after. What does that yeah, look like yeah. for you? Uh, no, um, that, the, you know, that's a kind of a celebration, really, of course. You know, that moment you put the key in their hand and, and tell them to open the door because up until then I've been the only one that's opened the door. That's kind of a cool thing. Um, yeah, when I'm showing homes, they don't get to touch the keys. But w when it's recorded and I'm giving them possession, I get the key out of the lockbox and I put it in their hand. And uh, uh, that's, you know, that's kind of a special moment for me anyway. I think it is for them. Uh, and, you know, then I'll follow up with a, you know, a handwritten thank you card. And uh, depending on uh, the client, uh, you know, a small thank you gift, just a token thing, maybe a welcome mat or, or something like that. Um, and, and then um, two, 14 days later, I follow up with a phone call just to see how everything is. Um, I had one client tell me about, uh, it's been great except the water heater. It just started leaking this morning. So I gave them the phone number to Platinum Home Warranty and boom. They may not have even realized, hey, I, this is covered. They might, might have gone out and repaired it themselves. So... Um, yeah, so 14 days definitely, you know, is a, a personal phone call. Uh, and then from there it goes into my marketing system. I like those. Those are nice little touches at, at the end. Thank you. Um, so are you a reader? Do you read much? Um, I used to read a lot of books, uh, uh, but I guess not much any, anymore. Uh, my wife reads constantly. She's in the middle of three books at a time always. Wow. I don't know how wow. she does it. Um, I do... Um, when I, when I was younger, um, when I was a kid, actually, this is kind of fun. Um, I, there was a book called The Bobby Orr Story. I haven't heard of that one. So, uh, and this is around the time where I was just starting to play hockey. And uh, um, it was a, I still have this book. It was a hardcover, The Bobby Orr Story. 
Bobby Orr was a famous defenseman for the Boston Bruins. Most of his career, he was with the Boston Bruins. And he changed the way defenses played in, in the National Hockey League. Uh, before Bobby Orr, defensemen were very defensive. They hardly ever rushed forward with the puck. Uh, and they didn't get many goals or assists. Their thing was just to defend the zone. But he changed all that, and he was one of the greatest hockey players ever. Uh, and for several years, he actually led the entire league in scoring and goals and assists in the whole nine yards. Um, still a very charismatic um, guy in the Boston area um, who I love to listen to. Anyway, the Bobby Orr story, um, early when I just started playing hockey, made me think, I want to be a defenseman too. Okay. And to this day, I'm still a defenseman. It's so funny. I, I, I like to ask about that because you just never know what book touches people. Just, you know, something that you, re, you read. I, the reason why I asked those is because I just remember I was at, I don't know, it was some old lady's house <laughs> with my mom. And, you know, we're, there was, we're bored. And so there was a Reader's Digest little book over there on the side. I picked it up and the story in there, it was just a little quick story. And it just so enthralled. And I was like, wow. That was cool, and it was quick, and it was done. I'm like, I like Reader's Digest, just straight to the point. So, uh, I just think that's, you know, it's interesting how you know what touches us and you know what what inspires us. So, thanks, sure. appreciate for sharing that. Um, so, um, just going forward with your your business, um, what does that look like for you? Do you have any anything on the horizon? Any new new changes or or ideas you you coming up with? Well. Um I, I, I feel like I'm in a good place with my business, and I have been uh, very balanced for years in terms of percentage of my business that's listings and per percentage that's buyers. And I think that's kind of a good place to be because if I was strictly a, a listing agent right now, I'd be like, right. you know, right. living like a king. <laughs> um, but eventually we know from experience that the pendulum's going to change and it's going to go the other way. And uh, being balanced uh, with both aspects of the business, um, I think gives me longevity. And I think it's helped me last 22 years and hopefully another 22 years. <laughs> um, but there is something really neat that HomeSmart had exposed me to recently. Um, it's the Knock program, okay. where uh, uh, a buyer who needs to sell their house first um, might be nervous or hesitant to um, sell their house and then go buy one. But Knock has a program where they'll cover the mortgage of your existing house and approve you to buy the next house without selling your existing house. Uh, and that's new, and that's a new and fresh idea. And I'm really looking forward to exposing that to people um, and helping people make a move they want to make, but are too too nervous to jump into those, you know, scary waters. Yeah, thanks for bringing up the Knock program. It really is a great tool, um, especially in these times, right? Yeah. It, it really fits for right now. Um, so you haven't had a chance to to try it out yet? Well, I, I just got certified in it. I haven't been through the process with a live client yet, uh, but I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to be working with my marketing team uh, to really push that idea, too, to my sphere of influence, and um, I, I bet you I'll try it pretty soon. Awesome, awesome. Well, I wanted to ask you, um, I see you as a pretty adventurous guy. Um, what would be the, I guess, the most adventurous, craziest thing you've, you've considered you've done? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, I have a slideshow um, of my Google favorite photos okay. on my monitor at my desk, actually at home, too. Uh, and 
it, it's mostly friends and family and travels. Uh, and one of the uh, my favorites that popped up on it uh, earlier this afternoon uh, was it was just a beautiful picture of a probably six foot long black tipped reef shark, which when I took the picture, I was swimming with this reef shark. There, there were several of them, actually. My wife and I were celebrating our 25th anniversary uh, in Tahiti, and uh, we did this snorkeling uh, thing with the sharks, and it was unbelievable. It was terrifying, uh, and it, it kind of made you love these animals, too. These animals are living in their perfect spot. They're not hungry. They're well-fed, <laughs> naturally, not, mm -hmm. not just by the people that um, we're putting on the tour. Um, the waters are warm. They're very comfortable, and they're not attacking people. Uh, and once you got over the fear, just swimming with these sharks, and there were stingrays and other schools of fish around too, um, scary at first, right. um, but it was awesome in the truest sense of the word. You were in awe to do it uh, by, the, by the end of the day. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's, I would like to do that. That'd be pretty cool. It so, was amazing. Yeah, cool. Well, um, I appreciate you being here. Uh, it's been fun for me. Um, I always like to give you the last word. Any, anything you'd like to say or how will we, how will we find you, I guess? How will you, you'd find me? Well, um, well, first, let me say thank you for having me. And um, I never get tired of singing the virtues of equitable title. I always say that um, my two favorite things that um, you provide, tools that you provide us that no one else does, um, is the ability to take a picture of your client's earnest check and email it in with the contract. Boom, you cash it from the picture. I love that. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Valicheck. <laughs> uh, when the deal closes and it's time for you to send me my right. money, it comes in an email. And how cool is I don't think anyone else is offering it that is either. pretty slick. I love those things. So I uh, thank you and, and equitable title. Um, I can be reached the easiest place is uh, knocking on my door. Uh, or you can go to LarryFiner.com. I love it. Knocking on his door. Thanks, man. I appreciate you being on. Uh, it was great. Thanks for having me.